grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. It's ladies' night tonight on After Dark where I have three absolute goddesses who are going to be giving you some sexual juice. And I do mean that literally. Syndra will be talking about natural lubrication and what we can do if it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Holly will be along to talk about play parties and teach me a thing or two about the underground in Newcastle and what's going on on the party scene. And lastly, Jasmine will be joining us to talk about her pillars of femininity. And tonight we are talking Pillar 4, all about spirituality. How does this relate to your sex life, you ask? Well, you'll have to keep listening to find out. I'm Louise Wilkinson and you're listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, I hope that over the Christmas and New Year break, you did get the opportunity to party on with your loved ones. But tonight, we're going to be talking about a party of a different variety. And here to fill us in is Holly from Labyrinth. Welcome back to After Dark and Happy New Year, Holly. Happy New Year to you too. Thanks for having me back. Absolute pleasure and always an eye-opener. I always learn a thing or two when you are on the show. Now, tonight we're talking about play parties. Now, for the uninitiated, explain exactly what play parties are. So, uh, in general, play parties are, you know, they're an adult's playground. Um, You go in there. Clothing is generally optional. Uh, They can be anything depending on the type of play party. You might start off with some sort of uh, performance or demonstration or you may just jump straight into it. It can range from, uh, say, a swinging event where you you might be there to have um, sex or in sexual encounters with either yourself by or, or a partner with others, or it can range to more a kinkster sort of thing where you're looking at um, maybe getting tied up on a cross or tied up in some rope and swung around from the ceiling. So the idea is that you are an adult who gets to play in a neurotic fashion um, in, in sort of a, an area that you're interested in. So within Newcastle itself, there's there's lots and lots of different play parties and all of them sort of hit a different audience, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's what's really interesting, I guess, because we all remember the the seventy swingers party where we all threw our keys into the bowl. I mean, look. I'm, keys in the bowl. Yeah, I, I yeah. I wasn't there. Now, but I, I figured I, yeah. I picked that up in, you know, did you see the latest Grinch movie and the house party they were having with the keys in the bowl? Yes. And I just thought that was really, yeah, it was a, a nice reminder of, of where they've come from, I must say. I Absolutely. wasn't expecting that on a main screen in a cinema, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, we had the, the swingers parties with the keys in the bowl, but we've evolved a lot since then. And I guess <laughs> in terms of play parties and um, and that sort of thing. I think the perception is that, you know, Newcastle's a bit of a backwater town and it doesn't really happen here. You have to go to the big smoke. But that's actually not the case, is it? 
Not at all. No, there's um, plenty of variety, um, I must say. So we have uh, a couple of venues in Newcastle. A lot of, a lot of, um, say, the swinger events do happen in people's private homes or private dwellings, um, but there are definitely some uh, venues in Newcastle that cater for these sorts of events uh, with a sex on-premises licence so people can come in, have a great time, get their rocks off, head on home. Mm. Uh, but yeah, lots and lots of different ones. As I said, we've got swinger events. We have um, conscious, uh, what is it, conscious consent parties? How yeah. that happen as well, where people might want to learn a skill or two regarding consent, uh, everything from sploshing through to you know primal play. Uh, and stop, then you've stop, got stop, 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 sploshing. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is, my, this is my new word tonight. Great. Okay. Yeah. So sploshing is um, it's playing with your food. Um, so it could ah. be anything from using your chocolate body paint. Uh, it, there's a lot of uh, sitting on food and squishing it and, and rolling around and having a good time as well. So there was a sploshing party in December, uh, lots of cakes, lots of cheesecakes, and there were lots of mousse and people were just getting in there and having a great time. So, yeah, super fun. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Sploshing. <laughs> I have learned yes. something. There's a new word for the day. Fantastic. Yeah. See, I told yeah. you I always learn something when you're here. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So, yeah, we, we have quite a few different styles of play and a different styles of party. And if you are interested in getting down and dirty with food, we can do that too. So, yeah, wow. there's quite a bit going on. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, mm-hmm. look, um, you know, obviously when there's a play party, do they happen in venues? Do they happen at people's homes? How does this How does this all work? Yeah. So there's a couple of different uh, hosts around Newcastle and each of them have their sort of their own, I guess, way of doing things. So there are a couple of events where it's, uh, you know, via invitation only. So you need to have met someone or had a bit of a meet and greet and, and sort of you were invited along. Um, places that you can sort of suss, suss that out. There's something called a munch, which is like, it's like a casual get together at a pub and people come along and they can meet each other. So there is one in Newcastle called the polyamory munch. And it's all about people who like to get, have fun or have relationships with more than one person. And that's a, a place that a lot of people meet for those sorts of parties. We have other styles where, um, for instance, my own, I usually have an expression of interest form. So people can find me on on Facebook or Instagram or FetLife or any of those other platforms and you can submit an, an expression of interest. And I do it basically just, it, it's a, a rough vetting process. So I just make sure that people involved haven't had any, um, aren't known, I guess, troublemakers and I I sort of offer tickets that way to make sure that people who are attending are safe, um, that privacy and discretion are, are, you know, of utmost importance and are upheld and, uh, yeah, that people are, are more than free to have a good time. And then there's sort of a big, um, some parties which have just open tickets as well so you can know where they are. Um, there's lots and lots of different types and you can, you can buy, purchase a ticket directly from them. So, yeah, lots of different, I guess, ways of getting into the venue and into um, these parties, and it depends what you're looking for. So, as I said, the the swingers, it's more a meet and greet sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, your conscious 
play parties where there's there's usually a workshop or a, in a session which teachers involved in that. Um, they're more your open ones, and then you you've got mine, which is a, a kink and BDSM party, and we we use the the vetting process. Sure. Now, in terms mm. of criteria, I mean, obviously, you need to not raise hell, but do you yep. accept, um, you know, like a single who might be looking for a couple, um, uh, you know, like how does that work? Does everyone have to be yep. couples or does, can you, you know, yep. mix it up? Again, each party has their own rules for my own. Um, there are no rules in terms of you can be a couple, a single, a thruple. Um, you can apply to the party and each person is sort of just judged on their own merits there. Um, People can come along. There's, there is, um, I guess, a little bit of a consent culture that's slightly different to what you would find in a normal nightclub. Mm. So people are a lot more conscious about each other's bodies. Um, so you'll find that people will ask before they give a hug or ask before they they touch you in any sort of way. Um, some people find that actually quite freeing. We actually have people who come along to the events just to dance and and hang out in the bar because they know that they're not going to get groped in these sorts of environments. So oh, look, yeah, 100%, yeah. The be- some of the best nights out I've had at mm-hmm. gay venues because absolutely, I'm completely safe. There's no risk of yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so we have similar feedback along those lines as well. So yeah, people come along to these parties. Um, there's there's a lot more consciousness of of each other's um, space and personnel. Um, you know, personal boundaries. And people arrange to play. Sometimes they've got arrangements already in place and they come along and they know exactly what they're doing. Other people meet there on the night and go say, hey, I'm digging you. I really like what you're doing over there, pouring some wax on someone. Why don't you pour some on me? Um, Yeah. Mm. And the behaviour and the play really ranges. So, again, I do a BDSM sort of party. So we have a downstairs area which is completely all open for rope play, shibari sort of style. And then we have upstairs areas with, you know, a full on cross and, uh, you know, a sex toy machine and um, beds with, you know, full on chains all across them and all sorts of things. So, and a full medical playroom as well for those that want to do a, a little bit of role play, a little bit of needle play, a little bit of anything along those lines. So yeah, we have some very different spaces. Yeah, very cool. Now, if someone's listening to this and they're interested in finding out more, how do they go about that? So there are a couple of different methods. So, again, I've mentioned that we've got uh, a Facebook group um, and we've also got our Instagram and our FetLife page. So we're all on um, It's Newcastle Labyrinth, so you can find that anywhere. Um, and basically we also have a website. So I would go probably through either the fa- uh, the Insta or the Facebook or the website, and we have a heap of information up there, what to expect at these parties, what sort of equipment do I need, um, will I, you know, what's the accessibility of the venue like, can I drink, all of those sorts of questions. So we get a lot of people who come along who are completely new, never been to a party before in their life, and they're, you know, just sometimes both excited and terrified Um, and they just don't know what to expect. So more than happy to take people through. We have um, a lot of people called dungeon monitors who wear a pretty sash across their body and they'll they'll show you around and give you a tour and introduce you to some safe players. Um, Yeah, there's lots and lots of information that are available on our website and our our socials. And if people come along, you'll be made... um, be introduced to people who can answer questions as well 
Fabulous. Okay, this yep. has been really interesting and uh, I know that some people out there will be going, yeah, I really want to find out more about this. So, Holly, thank you mm-hmm. for bringing this to the table. I have learned a new word. Yes, the sploshing. <laughs> yeah, Sploshing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also the, the munches that people can come along to as well. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're free events that are put on and people can come along and just find out you know, meet people, find out information, see if events are for them. Excellent. Love that. Holly, thank you for joining us once again on After Dark. Thanks very much. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. It is always a pleasure, and I mean that literally, to welcome back to the show, Cindra Banks. How are you this evening? I am fabulous, ready to go, ready to talk about all the juicy things. (laughs) And we do mean that literally tonight, don't we? All of the juicy things. And we're going to talk about lubrication. Now, if you have been in a sexual relationship, I am sure as a woman there have been times when you've gone, "Mm, I'm not as wet as I'd like to be. So we're going to talk about that because it is an actual thing. I did a post on my Instagram about this and got so much engagement on this post. Mm. So I really feel like it's something that we need to talk about. I mean, we don't really talk about it and it's something that a lot of us take for granted, Mm. you know, being able to be lubricated at the right times and I know people struggle with it and it can also put so much pressure onto people as well. So, yeah, I really want to bring it into the light, this this subject, this topic. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's dive in, first of all, with lubrication. There are some reasons that, that it can be a little bit of a barrier. Like there's some things that are happening in lifestyle or health or just mindset in general that can actually be a barrier to this, isn't there? I mean, it's, yeah, like can be very much based on stress. It can be very much based on how safe you feel in your body. Obviously, this is a relatively organic, natural process that your body starts to create lubrication. However, if you're not feeling safe, if you're feeling comfortable, then your body isn't going to to be in that state. It isn't going to be ready to produce that, which is actually a really good checkpoint to take into consideration when you are having play with other people like hey my body is like not really responding so what's happening in this situation that maybe I need to change shift talk about absolutely and I really think I mean because it is lubrication is one of those things that it is an organic process so your body lets you know. I mean, it's like sort of saying to your heart, can you beat faster or can you beat slower? Like we don't have like conscious control over it, but it is a bit of an alarm system. You know, if we aren't as lubricated as what we might be able to be, are we feeling safe? Is there something on our mind that we're holding back from our partner? Why can't we open up? I think we really underestimate safety in terms of emotional Mm. safety I mean, physical safety is another thing. I mean, there is, you know, obviously situations where you don't feel physically safe. But the majority of the time, I guess it's emotional safety that we're lacking. And 
it could be that, you know, we we don't feel heard. There's something on our mind. We don't feel open to that person because we worry about being hurt. And our body is letting us know because we're not lubricating. Yeah. And sometimes our vulva just doesn't want penetration. Yeah. You know, like sometimes she's like, no, I actually don't want anything inside me today. Your body will tell you. There is obviously, a, you know, underlying health factors, mm. hormones, menstrual cycles, or if you're, you know, post-menstrual cycle, um, your diet as well, your water intake, all of that stuff does play into it. However, she'll tell you. And sometimes, you know, you have to listen to her. Well, not sometimes. We all, we need to be listening to her more often. We do need to be listening to her more often. And you're right. Now, I just want to dive into the hormonal side of things. So obviously, uh, post-menstrual cycle, that can be a challenging time. Yeah, definitely. And, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, I speak to women all the time and I speak to women who are in that menopause stage and they tell me there's absolutely no problem. So it's very person to person dependent. It's like anything. We, we don't have to all be in this boat. You know, we're not all going to get wet all the time. We're not all going to be not as wet in menopause. We need to just look at our own bodies and notice the changes and notice what's happening and adjust to that and not be like, oh my God, this is, I'm, I'm gone. I'm dead. Cause I can't get, <laughs> like, I can't, you know, I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, maybe that, that's an invitation to dive into some self-pleasure and to see what does really arouse you. What does turn you on? I always get my clients to look in the mirror so they can see their vulva when it's not aroused and then when it is aroused and look at the changes that she starts to make when she is aroused. Sometimes you're not going to get wet when you're aroused and vice versa. Uh, So that's when lube should always come in all the time, um, especially in those situations. It's not like, oh, my God, last resort, we have to use some lube. It, you know, it needs to be like, hey, let's use lube like all the time. Like, why wouldn't we want to create more, you know, sliding or more smoothness, more slipperiness? And then sure, I might use some more because I'm not kind of feeling super wet today. It's not something to be ashamed of, which it has kind of been like in the past. Mm. I know that talking to mates at the pub, you know, that is a bit of a status symbol uh, with men as well. It's like, oh, if you're not wet, like what's going on? Is it me? Maybe it's not about you, fellas. Just saying. Maybe it's And also it could be, so maybe just ask. Yeah, true. I mean, yes, definitely could be. But could also not be. And maybe um, the conversation might be, well, need a little bit more foreplay. I have this on my mind. I uh, am going through these hormonal changes. And there is like, there used to be this sort of stigma around lube, but I think it's something that particularly, you know, when we're experimenting with toys and that sort of thing, that it's just part of the deal. And, you know, you can still have pleasurable sex if you're, not as wet as you'd like to be under the right circumstances, of course, making sure and checking in with yourself that you do feel emotionally safe. Absolutely. And it can open up great conversations. So if you're playing with someone and you're not feeling them, 
you know, get lubricated, ask them like, hey, are you enjoying this? What would you like more of? What would you like less of? How can I like make you feel better in your body? Open up the conversation instead of just being like, well, it's not happening, so I'm going to give up or it's not happening, so I'm going to go faster and harder, you know? That's a beautiful opportunity to check in with them. And if you're the person and you're someone's playing with you and you feel like you're not getting lubricated, then maybe check in with yourself. Do you need to give them some feedback? Like it's a really good chance to actually open up and talk about it rather than just like ignoring the elephant in the room. Jeez. Syndra, like I might tell you that, you know, people for time in memoriam have got away with not acknowledging the elephant in the room. How very <laughs> dare you suggest that we should open up and communicate with our partners. Shame on you. I know, right? It's like such a, it's such a wild concept. Absolutely. I, I got asked a question on my Instagram on the weekend uh, and every single answer was like, so you just have to talk to your partner. So you just have to talk to them. You know, like that's generally the answer to uh, most of these questions. <laughs> Absolutely it is. And she's built a very successful business on telling people to actually put your ego aside and just open up and have the conversation. It's really not that hard and you feel a lot better after it. Absolutely. And then you know where everyone stands with it as well because – for a lot of women, not being able to get lubricated might bring shame. Mm. It might bring guilt. It might bring that sense of like something's wrong with me. So being able to have that safe space to talk about it, to ask for what you need and vice versa with the other partner, that's amazing because it lets us talk about it. it we normalize it. And it gets us out of that shame and, and guilt kind of cycle that so many women get stuck in. Yeah, 100%. Now, is there a, a situation where women might want to check in with their GPs if it's an ongoing issue and they've done all those checks and sort of gone, okay, you know, yes, I, I do feel safe. I do want to open up to my partner. It's just not happening for me. I think there's definitely never any harm in checking with your doctor or your gynecologist. I think do the work first, Yeah, you know, like get to know your own body, get to know your own arousal, try different things like, you know, try lube, do all that stuff first. And then sure, if you feel like there's something going on, then absolutely like look into it. However, a lot of the time it's like, mental yeah there's something just kind of not clicking there so work with like you know a pleasure and intimacy coach like myself or someone else a sexologist you know do those I would go down those routes first first yeah and see if you can kind of embody it and really feel into what's happening for yourself and then absolutely if, you, if something's then even if this is like a second opinion yeah go and talk to someone however really need to find like a really sex positive GP or gynecologist who's going to give you like some holistic, decent advice. Mm. Which can actually be a little bit challenging to find. Uh, so play detective here yourself. Have the conversation with your partner. Work with the amazing Cinder Banks, Pleasure and Intimacy. She has so many tips and tricks and that you can – work out what's going on with your body and really get in touch with yourself. And then last resort, go and see if there's something medical underlying. But 
Opening up this conversation, Cindra, has is fantastic because it is something that women do struggle with. And as you said, you know, you put it out there and you were blown away by the response because bringing these concepts to the table and getting people to talk about them is actually what it's all about for you, is really opening up that conversation and giving people a different point of view rather than just sitting on it in shame. Yeah, it's like my biggest intention with my work is to help people feel normal about things that have previously been taboo, not talked about, shameful, guilty things. Like let's bring it out into the light, let's talk about it and let's normalise it because so many of us are going through the same stuff, we just don't actually talk about it, especially when it comes to sex. Awesome. Yeah, great advice. My love, thank you so much for joining us once again on After Dark. This has been a fascinating discussion and food for thought for both the ladies and the gents. Thank you for bringing this to the table. It's been a fantastic discussion. If you want to find Syndra, you can find her on Instagram, Syndra Banks, and she will put you on the right path to ultimate pleasure. That I promise you. Syndra, thanks for joining us once again. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. For the first time in 2023, I cannot believe that I'm actually saying 2023. It still feels a little bit weird in my mouth. It is time to welcome back Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality. How was your Christmas and New Year, Jasmine? Hope you had a great one. Hello, Louise. Thank you. Yes, it was actually a really lovely, relaxing time with family and um, enjoying the hot weather. Yes, absolutely beautiful. And first one as as a family. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that it was it was beautiful. Now, going back to 2022, we were working on six pillars that you've come up with and we finished the year out on pillar number 3. So, do you want to talk about the concept of the pillars just for those who may be just tuning in in 2023? Yes, absolutely. So it's it's five pillars um, of feminine wholeness. And these pillars are about solidifying and identifying parts in yourself that you want to hone in a bit more of your, you know, care onto. So mm. It's a, it's a all-bodied experience and so far we've looked at, you know, taking care of the basics, whether that's making sure that you have breakfast in the morning or, um, you know, making sure that you're going for a walk or something that makes you feel really good. Um, the second one that we spoke about was honouring your heart and that's just about our emotional well-being and making sure that we are tending to our emotional side. Mm. And then the third one that we looked at just before the end of the year was renew your mind. And that was all about mindfulness and, you know, focusing on meditation, affirmations, and um, really taking care of that mindful part of ourselves. Um, and so today we're actually going to be looking at a spiritual side of ourselves and we're going to be owning our spirituality. Okay. Now, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because knowing you as I do, you know, you have had quite a spiritual journey in your life and 
having to look at your spirituality is, I guess, something that has been a, a focus and something that you've really needed to delve into yourself for in the past. So when we're looking at our spirituality, how do we go about laying it all out and, and having a good look at it? Yeah. Look, it's definitely a journey depending on where you've come from. So whether you've experienced organized religion and and those sort of environments or whether you are just a bit of a mystical spiritual being, um, there is a path for everybody and whichever way that you choose to follow your spirituality, that's your journey. So I'm not here to tell you that there's a one right way to approach spirituality. It's very unique and it's very much what you believe to be true for yourself. Mm. And whether, whether someone believes in God or not, Regardless, we are mystical, spiritual beings. Um, I don't think we're just nothing, you know. It's yes. a bit hard to go through life without believing that there is something else going on, you know, out there. Um, and it's something that we can hold on to as a bit of a surety to know that we're not just floating in a land of nothingness. <laughs> mm. And so spirituality, we can learn more about spirituality through archetypes. Um, we mm. can... We can um, so, so archetypes, you know, if we look at lots of different religions do sort of play on archetypes. The field of area that I've looked into when it comes to archetypes is um, sort of more like goddesses. Yes. So um, goddesses of the past and, and those um, goddesses that have come through and, and paved a way and, and um, created uh, ways for us to exist here in, in this world. And um, so one goddess that I've actually really tuned into a bit is um, Mary Magdalene. And yes. so for someone who's come out of organized religion, she was quite a tainted being mm-hmm. um, in, in that religion. Whereas I've read a lot of books now on a very different perspective on who Mary Magdalene was and her role um, in terms of like history with Jesus and those times. And it's just a very fascinating thing to be able to look at unique perspectives on different people from history. Absolutely. And uh, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm having a bit of a smile because, yeah, mine is Athena. Ah. And uh, my journey was I always vibed with Athena and, mm. you know, loved what she stood for. And obviously she's a Greek goddess. And I always vibed with her right from being a very young person, only to discover at the age of 34 that I was actually of Mediterranean descent. Read into that what you will. (laughs) Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I really feel that there's those goddesses. Every day I actually, I have a goddess deck and I pull a goddess to give me a message. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and that that is a great practice. Um, That was one of the suggestions I was going to say is to use Oracle decks, angel cards, um, those those types of cards, because they're a, they are a beautiful way of connecting to spirituality. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to connect with our intuition. Yeah, because you know, depending on you know how far into spirituality you want to go, you could um, you know go into prayer if that's something that you're interested in, in, in connecting to spirituality or on the other side of things, you know, you can delve into, you know, like connecting with your guides and mm. um, spirit guides and, and all those sorts of things that can really help you on your way. And I love that spirituality is what I believe to just be a really deep way of connecting to our inner being. Yeah. 
So spirituality and connecting to the spirit world is not necessarily about trying to like leave ourselves to find something else that is going to tell us what to do. But what it is, is it's actually going deep within ourselves and finding what already exists within us and having other ways that we can support that. So Oracle Dex is a beautiful way of doing that. You know, um, lighting incense or lighting a candle with intention um, or, you know, wanting to, to manifest something that you're hoping for. Um, or again, just, you know, delving into sort of spiritual books and doing a bit of research onto different archetypes and where you feel drawn to. But like I said at the beginning, spirituality is very much someone's own and unique journey and, and ha- what you want to take and use and apply into your own life is, is completely up to you and it's whatever resonates with you. But I, what I want to do today is encourage you to start that journey because yes. the journey actually leads you to yourself. Yes, 110% it does. There are so many spiritual practices that, you know, really do fill you up and help you to kind of realise that we are all connected which is hugely important so that, as you say, we don't feel like we're just floating around uh, aimlessly. (laughs) That's right. It gives us a sense of direction. It gives us something to connect more to. Um, And then also on the other side of that is if you want to connect with other people about the spiritual world and things that you've discovered or learnt or, you know, messages that you felt that might have dropped in and you want to talk about, there are so many people that are also on that journey. So it's just also a beautiful way to commune with other people as well. I completely get what you're saying and it is such an important part of who we are to actually look at our spirituality and where we sit with it. And I think a lot of us are kind of unconscious about it and we haven't really delved into what we believe and what resonates with us. That's right. And and often if someone, you know, has maybe come out of organized religion like myself, it can be scary to tap back into spirituality again because you don't want to get stuck in what you didn't like before. Um, So sometimes spirituality can be a harder one to get back into because you're not sure where to start. You might feel like you're breaking the rules. You're trying to break down other old beliefs that you've had in the past. So just give yourself some patience. Give yourself some time. Just take one step at a time. You don't have to jump straight in. Just just dip your feet in the water a little bit and see how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Jasmine, this has been a fascinating discussion and I really love that we're bringing these concepts to the table to really think about who we are as women. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm really excited to share with everyone that you have a course coming up, don't you? Yes, I do. It's my first group program of the year and it's called deconstruct your sexuality okay so my obvious question is why do we deconstruct our sexuality (laughs) (laughs) okay well the reason i've called it deconstruct your sexuality is because it's a group program that i've designed which helps people to strip back what they've ever been told Mm. about sexuality and we're going to start again So hence the term deconstruct. So we're going to pull it apart and then we're going to rebuild the people that join the program. We're going to rebuild their sexual identity and how they want to be, how they want to be in the bedroom, their confidence, how they know their body. We're going to rebuild all of that again in eight weeks. I love that. And that really speaks to people who I guess – 
your business name is Conscious Sexuality and it is about being really conscious about that stuff. And perhaps we've sort of fumbled through our sexual experiences in an unconscious manner. And this is really an opportunity to pause and go, what do I want this to look like? How do I want it to feel? And what are my beliefs that I might want to let go of that might be holding me back from sexual pleasure? That is exactly right. And that you're right. Everything that I do is around making our sexuality conscious. Mm -hmm. It's about bringing it to being a conscious part of our being. And so this program is for people who maybe don't even feel a connection around their sexuality. Maybe they've experienced shame. Um, Maybe they've had bad experiences. You know, maybe it's even new mums who are trying to connect to their body again after having a baby. Um, And these are things that can stop us from putting our sexuality as a priority or as a forefront in our mind. And so that's why I've built this program to help give people knowledge, to connect to themselves, to give them more confidence, to know what they like, how they like it. Um, And it's, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really excited for it because I've like, I've jam packed it full of, of so much that it's going to be life changing to those that join. That's unbelievable. So if people wanted to check this out, how is the best way to connect with you? Absolutely. So there's two ways. You can either go to my website via my Instagram, which is at conscious sexuality, or you can just go straight to my website, which is consciousexuality.com.au. And there's a link on the main page, which you can connect into and go and find all the information that you're going to need about the um, program. And it's because this is the first time I've run this program. I also just want to let people know that I'm doing it at a really low cost at $333 for eight for weeks. For eight weeks? Yes. That's amazing. Yes. It's an absolute bargain yeah. um, because working with me in a one-on-one sense usually starts at a minimum of about $600. Mm-hmm. So you're getting it half price, but it's going to be just as powerful. And doing things in a group program is also a really fun way to learn with other people. That sounds amazing. And um, yeah, look, I think, I, and I always say this, you know, we think nothing of dropping that amount on a gym membership or going out to an expensive meal, but imagine investing that small amount. And that is like for eight weeks, that's an amazing price. Imagine investing yeah. that in yourself that will bring about lifelong change. That's exciting. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited. So if you're thinking about it and you've heard about it now, don't hesitate. Amazing. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see what our last pillar in this series is in just a couple of weeks' time. You've been listening to Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality here on After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Well, there is nothing more therapeutic than a great girls' night out, and I have had that in spades tonight, dear listener. Hope you've learnt a thing or two. I know that I have. And I'll see you, same bat time, same bat channel, 6pm next Tuesday for After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. 
grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 6pm every Tuesday night. Only on Newcastle Live Radio. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton.